Everyone's so busy keeping up. Forget about the Joneses, we all on our telephones. With the texts and the tweets and the beats. What he said, she said, can't even follow the three. Down the hole, we all go. Me, I like keeping up too. With my corona and my attitude. That's La Vida Masfina. Relax responsibly. Corona Extra Beer. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Cool edition of Chin Music, our baseball show at TalkNorth.com coming up. Before Lavelle and I start yelling at each other, we're going we're gonna to bring in Roy Smalley from Fenway Park. And man, uh, I, lo- I love the sound of that. I, when I was a baseball writer, I loved going to Fenway Park. I'm sure Lavelle loves uh, visiting Boston as well. And now Roy is talking to us from the press box at Fenway Park as the Twins prepare for a weekend series there. So before, again, before Lavelle and I start getting into stuff, Roy, just tell me what you know what it's like to actually be on the road with the Twins again, and uh, and your early thoughts on this season. Yeah, it's so great to be uh, back live, as it were, um, traveling with the with the club, and you know it, my first uh, my first road trip of the year coming to Fenway. Are you kidding me? This is it's always been my favorite part park. I'm sitting here uh, in the press box, looking at the monster, looking at. The uh, sit-go sign behind the monster where I've seen Jim Rice and Miguel Sano almost hit the dock. I mean, it's just the most wonderful place to play baseball. So it's, it's, it's great. Yeah, no doubt about it. And listen, we're, we're still very early in the season. As I always tell people, if this were the NFL season, we'd still be in the first quarter of the first game. There's no reason to make any grand, uh, you know, deductions from what we've seen. But, but what has jumped out to you as maybe one of the more important early developments? You know, there have been a lot of early developments, uh, some, uh, some, uh, all of them surprising, some on the positive side and some on the negative side a little bit. Surprising to me uh, how well the Twins have pitched for the, for the most part um, from starters through the, through the bullpen. They've really, for the most part, you know, uh, pitched pretty well. And the starters especially have given some real good efforts. And you would think that that's all they need is uh, give this lineup that I think is going to score a lot of runs, uh, you know, just a chance in every, in every game, and and they should be in good shape. Uh, we've seen the lineup flex their uh, their abilities here a little bit, but uh, uh, it, this is a right-hand hitting team for the most part, and they had trouble with some left-handers, um, Heaney and of course Kershaw, the great Clayton Kershaw. So I, I, there's nothing really to be uh, gained from. Uh, how the right-handed hitters hit against Kershaw so much, but it, early on, it it just looks to me like a um, little bit of trouble uh, with uh, for right-handers against left-handed pitching. So that's something we're uh, we're going to be watching. But other than that, um, and the fact that uh, Kirloff is now hurt, that really hurts them. And so now it's um, the left-handed hitters, Kepler, and now next up, uh, Trevor Larnick. Uh, they're going to have to carry some some load, and as as I said last week, I really kind of think Max Kepler is is the linchpin to this lineup. They really they need him to be a force in the middle of the lineup, especially as Rocco has been has started out wanting Byron Buxton and, and Carlos Correa one and two. Then after that, after uh, Polanco, 
then it's like, okay, who's going to be kind of the run producer, four, five, six uh, spots. And um, I, I think it's got to be a, a, a left-hand hitter from somewhere. So we'll be watching that as well. This is Chin Music. This is our baseball show at TalkNorth.com. Follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod to see all the shows as they are released and our live show dates. Uh, thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. You can find the shows, the archives of the shows, our outdoor content, our variety content at TalkNorth.com. And thank you to our sponsors. Uh, first of all, Corona, the official import beer sponsor of the Minnesota Twins and the presenting sponsor of the Chin Music Show. Thanks also to Eleven Wells Distillery, Memorial Blood Centers, Better Edge, Perfect Ash. And uh, there's so many sponsors. If I forget one, Brandon will have to remind me here. Uh, Lavelle, let's bring you in. Uh, what do you think about the fact that Duran is coming to the and blowing people away at 100, 101 miles an hour? Could he be the closer? What do you, how, what do you see out of his future? Well, I definitely, I definitely don't think that uh, Tyler Duffy should be a closer. I think he's yeah. more of a setup guy, um, given his skill set. Um, just based on profile and pitches and availability, because Jorge Acala is now on the IL with an elbow problem. He is Duran is the most equipped pitcher in that bullpen to handle ninth inning duties. That's a, a lot to ask from a young guy who's in the majors for the first time. He didn't even get uh, called up last year um, to perform like that. But, you know, a hundred mile an hour fastball gives you a little bit of confidence. So if you can put, just put that over the plate, you could be pretty effective. I'm still conflicted, Jim. I think he's, he's a closer out of need. Uh, I've been banging a drum about how, uh, He's never thrown more than 115 pitches in the season, so it's kind of hard to see him develop as a starter. Uh, but Bailey Ober never threw over 100 innings till last year, and uh, he's in the rotation. I, I still keep wondering what Durant would look like as a starter coming into games throwing 97, 98. He looks like he's got a good breaking ball. Um, I think the last frontier with him would be a changeup or something to get him off the, the ridiculous fastball. Um, having Durant, you know, possibly pitch five, six innings at start versus closing. That's tantalizing to me. But right now, they need a ninth inning guy. Um, and especially with Akala, I think it's going to be Duran. And they may need him to kind of be like um, a little bit like the left-hander for the Brewers, uh, Josh Hader. He may have to come in like in the seventh or the eighth inning and finish out games uh, to, to protect leads for him. But, uh, boy, um, it's just it's really cool to – to kind of watch on television when that, that gun lights up at 101 and even 102 at times. Uh, you don't see that very often from a Twins pitcher. That's Lavelle Neal from the Star Tribune. Uh, I'm Jim Suhan from the Star Tribune. Roy Smalley, of course, former Twins great, current Twins broadcaster on the road with the team. Roy, what's your view of Duran? I, I agree with Lavelle. He's got electric stuff. And I think what Lavelle is saying, uh, either ex- at least <laughs> implicitly, is uh, they – may continue to look at that stuff and have no other choice than to have him close ball games or, you know, pitch late in games. Uh, His stuff is classic closer stuff. He's throwing a hundred miles an hour and he's got this splinker, this, this uh, split finger pitch that he throws about 95 that, that, uh, that the bottom falls out of it. It, there's two uh, knee buckling pitches and, and, uh, and that's, you know, that's closer stuff. It, it just is. And it, it is tantalizing to think about him being a starter. He would have to get a third pitch, uh, some kind of slider or uh, change up or, or something probably to be a slider. But in the, in the meantime, who are they going to use out there 
Um, I mean, I'm sure there, there's plenty of guys that they, why well, would really like to use this guy or this guy or this guy. But when Duran goes out there throwing, you know, a hundred with that uh, split finger nastiness, you, you, th- I just think they're going to look at that. And at some point in time, they're going to go, Oh, okay. <laughs> it's going to be him. No doubt about it. Hey, let's go back to Kirilov. Obviously it's a, a terrible development. Somebody of his upside to get hurt get hurt early in the season, get hurt in the same way he was hurt last year. It's a wrist, which, you know, you can't work around a wrist if you're a hitter. Uh, so it's a terrible development. But let me ask you this. How much of a gap is there between what Kirilov could have provided and what Larnick might provide? And let's start with Roy on that one. If Larnick has uh, has figured out uh, or will, in relatively short order, figure out how they're trying to pitch him and how uh, he has to adapt his uh, swing and his approach at the plate to uh, handle all the change-ups that throw him. And uh, he, he really struggled last year. He came up able to hit, uh, you know, we, we saw him turn a, a 97, 98-mile-an-hour fastball from Liam uh, Hendricks in Chicago off the right, uh, right field wall with no problem. And, and I thought, man, this guy handled that kind of fastball uh, with his swing, he's he's going to be really good. And then all of a sudden, they start throwing him change-ups, and he, he just couldn't get off fastball speed and fastball uh, contact point out in front. And so he was uh, way out in front of change-ups, which messed up his mind, and then it, it, then he didn't know exactly what to do, and he was late on fastballs. And it, it just it just kind of snowballed uh, from bad to worse. But he's got a, a, a tremendous amount of talent, and I, I don't believe that, you know, if if we get to the, the Larnick that can figure it out and take his ability, uh, his real ability out there uh, to the plate on a consistent basis, I don't think there's a I don't think there's a big drop off. I like I like both of those kids, and uh, now Larnick's going to get a chance and and uh, see what see what he's learned, see if he can adapt. What do you think, Lavelle? Uh, I feel bad for Kirilov, um, especially when he's still having pain in that wrist that was surgically repaired. That's a that's kind of uh, disturbing. Um, from that part, from that aspect. And he once again, he was trying to play with it sore again, which uh, I wish he wouldn't do that. But, uh, you know, players don't want to lead the lineup. And he everything after after everything he went through last year, he probably wanted to do all he could to stay in the lineup. So um, that's that's just potentially uh, a rough one for the Twins because this kid's got a lot of talent. And I'm sure, you know, once he was cleared to start swinging again, he probably never stopped swinging, just knowing his work ethic and, you know, working with his father. And and uh, I just wonder if he just pushed himself a little bit too hard and created this overuse injury. So, um, but it does give us the opportunity to see Larnick again. Um, he's an impressive guy to me. I just like the fact that, um, you know, he can drive the ball to the opposite field rather easily. And you just hope he can make the adjustments to, um, handle pitchers who are busting them in, inside and get used to seeing, you know, high quality stuff. You know, Larnick was really thrown into the fire last year. He was called up and he barely played any triple A. Um, and he was thrown, really thrown into the fire last year. And, and um, so, I mean, this was a good opportunity for him to kind of, you know, start the season at St. Paul and kind of get a foundation on him before he was needed. And he ends up being needed sooner than later. So um, you know, hopefully, you know, he's, he's uh, got some more experience and, We'll see a different version of him uh, this time around. Uh, Lavelle, tell us about Eleven Wells Distillery, where we did that live show recently. You know, Jim, they've got a drink called the Harriet Island Iced Tea. Uh, <laughs> it sounds it dangerous. Ha- it has vodka. It has rum. It has gin. 
lime juice, lemon juice, simple syrup, and Minnesota 13 whiskey, which is produced by 11 Wells, a real a rather delicious whiskey that's available in some liquor stores in town. I was in the store the other day um, looking for some uh, motivation to write well, and I saw Minnesota 13 on the shelf. So um, go check out 11 Wells Distillery just east of downtown St. Paul, and uh, you will not be disappointed and try the Harriet Island iced tea and sit in their lovely, comfortable cocktail room and just sip your 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 day away um that's 11 wells distillery and thanks also to memorial blood centers doing such important work in minnesota local duncan locations generously donated vouchers to recognize community members who give back through blood and platelet donations with memorial blood centers the blood supply continues to be low and memorial blood centers encourages the community to make a donation your donation will help patients in, in need I made a donation back in December. I was in and out within 40 minutes. It's the easiest thing to do. During the month of April, Duncan is offering all presenting donors a voucher for a medium Duncan coffee for giving blood. Plus, one lucky donor will win free coffee for a year. So don't miss out. Schedule your appointment online today at mbc.org slash donate or call 1-888-GIVE-BLOOD. That's one 888 448-3253. All right, guys, let's get to the big controversy of the week. Clayton Kershaw. And by the way, I just wrote a column about this for Sunday, so I actually have thought through this, uh, which isn't a guarantee of me getting anything right. It means I might have tortured myself, but I did think through this. Uh, Kershaw gets pulled after seven innings with a perfect game. Of course, everybody would like to see him finish the perfect game. Uh, I think it was a little unrealistic. Like, once again, let's start with Roy on this subject. Well, I, you know, everybody wants to see him finish, obviously, but we have to be realistic about this. Are you kidding me? A shortened spring training? How many, how many innings did he throw in, in, before he he took it out there uh, against uh, against the Twins? Not very many. And you're looking at a guy that's had a history of uh, some arm trouble. He's had a history of back trouble. He, uh, injuries have hurt him during the course of. Uh, uh, hurt his production and the Dodgers' uh, uh, production during the uh, course of his career, his, his Hall of Fame career. Now you're going to let him throw, I don't know, how many pitches did he throw? 100 in spring training? 120? 100, 100, I mean, uh, not, you know, not a lot. Uh, everybody's worried about what the pitchers are going to do after the shortened spring training. And then you're going to let him go out there on a 38-degree night and finish it, it and throw over 100 pitches? It It goes against everything that everybody believes is the right way to handle pitchers right now. So that was, that was not shocking. It was disappointing. It was controversial because people wanted to see him do it, but was it the wrong thing to do? I just, I can't say that's the wrong thing to do given, given where we are. And I, you know, Dan Gladden was uh, on the, on the radio. I heard Danny and he was, he was livid about it. He wanted, he, he felt cheated to see a little bit of history and it felt like he should have stayed in there. And I'd say a couple of, and I, I had a conversation with Danny about it, said what I just said to, uh, to you guys about the short and spring training. And, and my major point then was to Danny was, look, the decision to pull him was made when they locked him out. That was what it was, what's bad for baseball was not that they, that they pulled him out. It was because they had to because they got locked out and they had a short spring training. So you got to go all the way. I mean, that's the problem. 
the problem is they didn't have a full, you know, spring training. They're trying to protect the guys' uh, livelihood and their season. I, I totally understand what Dave Roberts did. Lavelle? In 2013, which is about nine years ago, a, um, a young uh, Clayton Kershaw was 25 years old, and he threw a complete game shutout on opening day. Uh, and through just needed just 98 pitches. So it's not um, it's not a problem with him being able to go that far. If you want to blame someone, you don't blame Dave Roberts for pulling him. or You don't blame Andrew Friedman and all his uh, data printouts. You blame Rob Manfred. Rob Manfred caused all this because he instituted a lockout. And then he took a sweet ass time to negotiate a, a new CBA with the Players Association. Everything that happened in March could have been taken care of. Uh, back in February, and they could have had a regular spring training. Pitches would have been stretched out, and Kershaw may have been better equipped to uh, to make a run at a um, at a at a perfect game. I blame Manfred for this. Um, Kershaw is also no spring chicken, and we're also in an age where pitchers are handled much differently than they were ten years ago. But um, there's a lot of there was a bunch of factors that um, led to the correct decision to let to take Kershaw out of the game. Because, uh, you, you know, the Dodgers have a chance for a special season. He wants to be around for it as much as possible. And uh, it stinks because there's only been 23 perfect games in baseball history. You know, and um, I was fortunate to cover David Wells's, you know, perfect game uh, in, in, in Yankee Stadium. Uh, so I, I know how special of a moment that is. But, you know, you've got to think about the big, big picture here. I'm sure Kershaw you know, considered a big picture as well. He doesn't want to be hurt. He wants to be around for this great ride that they may go on. So um, the right decision was made. Hey, good stuff, Roy. Thanks for joining us from Fenway. We'll talk to you next week. I, I appreciate all the uh, flexibility here, guys. Thank you. See you, Roy. Great, great to have Roy on. We'll have him back next week. Uh, cool that he's in Fenway. I'm really happy for him. I'm happy for us. We get to watch baseball games from Fenway Park, one of my favorite things. So I'll give I'll give you my Kershaw view. Let's uh, first, though, thank Perfect Ash. Tell us about Perfect Ash, Lavelle. I was at the Perfect Ash yesterday. I uh, purchased a Fuente Double Chateau Maduro uh, cigar and sat down and worked on my Sunday column for a while, um, uh, puffing the afternoon away. Uh, the Perfect Ash is located in Invergrove Heights um, near uh, the exit of Concord and Highway 52. Um, nice, large lounge to sit and smoke your cigars in with leather seats, plenty of TVs. There's a group there watching the golf tournament. Uh, I was over in another corner getting work done and um, there's a steady stream of people there. Business is doing great and it's a great opportunity to join other like-minded people and enjoy a nice cigar. They have uh, hundreds of cigars in stock. They just added a, another island to store more cigars in the middle of the humidor. So they have all your smoking needs. The perfect gash in Grove Heights, Minnesota. Awesome. Uh, so here's the thing about Kershaw. I, I'm not sure people really have thought this through or are angry about it. And here's the thing, Lavelle, and this is what I wrote about. There were so many prominent baseball writers, famous baseball writers, famous baseball analysts who just went bonkers over this. Like this is some kind of an affront to our game and we can't enjoy baseball if you're not going to allow Ker Clayton Kershaw to go throw 120 pitches on April 12th or whatever. Clayton Kershaw hasn't thrown not only is he coming off a of short spring training, not only had he not pitched in a real game since last September or whatever, mm -hmm. he hadn't thrown more than 74 pitches in a real game since last June. June. Wow. June. And guess <laughs> wow. what? The, the last time he threw 74 pitches in a game, uh, he made one more start 
and when they went on a disabled list and they had to get his elbow shot up and didn't return for a month. Uh, he is not in his prime, throw two innings, 200 innings, Clayton Kershaw. He's 34-year-old, key to a championship, hasn't thrown much in the last eight months, has to be guarded against. And you know what? He was going to have to throw about 105, 110 pitches to get through to a perfect game if the perfect game happened. I think it's crazy to, to get Dave Roberts. His entire job is to win a championship. And to win a championship, he's got to have healthy pitchers. I think this is a crazy controversy. I do too. I think some people did go overboard with it. Um, and you can mean you could be disappointed if you're there, you're sure. being denied a chance to see history. But you you gotta look at the bigger picture here, understand what's at stake with this guy. Um, they're at the point where they're gonna have to start cryogenically freezing this guy in between starts just to keep him healthy so he can get through the season and and get to the postseason. And by the way, this guy doesn't have the greatest track record in the postseason anyway. So right. there may be they may be gambling with that anyway by uh by trying to get him into the the playoffs, but uh, this was a smart move to make, and especially everything that's gone on in baseball over the last several months. We're we're coming out of the pandemic, we're trying to get to a regular schedule. Now there's a lockout. Um, uh, he's 34 now. You know yep. he's not the guy he was nine, ten years ago. You know it all. all you, you have to look. You have to look at this with a little more common sense than that, and understand the right decision was made. Speaking of pitching, how long is the six-man rotation something they're just doing to start the year? Do you think they want to do it longer term, uh, and do they have to see more out of Paddock to do it long term? What do you what do you think about the whole situation? Well, that's rather interesting, Jim, because they got pitches that need to be stretched out. Uh, I think uh, some of them left spring training having thrown like 60 or 70 pitches in the outing. So you can start adding 12 to 15 pitches. And then maybe the next outing now they'll be able to get up to 85 if they want, and maybe eventually 100. Uh, different teams approach this differently. Walker Bueller threw 82 pitches in his final outing of spring training uh, before the regular season started. Uh, the Twins have always been cautious about ramping up their arms. And this goes back through not just through Wes Johnson, but uh, you know, it goes back to Garvin Alston. It goes back to, to Neil Allen. It goes back to Rick Anderson. They all took a conservative repro- approach with uh, making sure that the pitchers are ready to start the season the right way. So, um, I, I'm 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 expecting them to go through a six man rotation one more time, um, and just do a slow build up here. Um, they're 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 also looking at their charts and their graphs. They have Josh Kalk, you know, who's supposed to be the pitching whisperer who can see injuries before they they occur. You know, probably saying that it's safer this way if you just slowly build these guys up. We're coming off of two pandemically affected seasons. We don't know about how the, the, the difference in workloads and the ramping up they had to do twice in 2020 and then coming back to, to, to blow everything out in 2021 affected. I mean, there were only four pitches last year in baseball through 200 innings, just four after like 19 a year before that. So everybody was being careful with these arms, and that's going to probably carry into this year. No doubt about it. Hey, my band is playing Eagle Club, Sun, uh, excuse me, Eagle Club, South Minneapolis, Saturday night. Doors at eight. We'll go on about nine uh, with Petty Larsonist opening up and NATO Cole and Blue Diamond Band uh, as the headliner. Come out and check it out if you like. We'd love to see you. Uh, what, what are they going to do with the catching? Can Gary Sanchez be a backup catcher uh, when the roster goes 26? Can they afford to carry another catcher? I think in the, I, I think it would be prudent for them to find another person who could catch um, because you usually have a defensive guy as your backup catcher. Uh, Gary's supposed to be a hitter, and he's supposed to DH a lot as well. So there's going to be times when uh, Gary Sanchez is starting at DH and Jeffers is starting to catcher. If something happens to Je- uh, Jeffers, you're going to give give up your D- DH. Now people are like, "Well, that's just one game. 
you know, yes, you're right about it being one game, but at the same time, you know, getting stuck like that, you you may be out in the West Coast and then you got to scramble to get another catcher, catcher in the town. Uh, I think it's just safer if you can find uh, a guy who could play a couple other positions in addition to catch. Um, gee, I, gee, I wonder who, I wonder <laughs> who could possibly fill that role. Is there someone out there? Uh, I think they call him the, the, the Tortuga who, who could fill that role. <laughs> they seem like they had the perfect guy for that, for that the emergency spot. I just, I just think you, you want all your avenues covered. You've got a 26 spot on the roster um, uh, at the end of the month. I, I, I think it, it would be safe for just to have some flexibility there. I have to admit, I lost track. Uh, is it is Ostadio with Miami now? I thought it was Miami, and of yeah. course they were they were loving his uh, uh, how loose he was in the clubhouse, how he made everybody feel comfortable, and uh, just enjoying um, Williams being Williams. So he's already uh, having a positive influence over there. And he's in the minors within the Marlins organization right now. Be interested to see if he gets another chance. That, that's the, the thing about Ostadio is he's the perfect guy as your extra guy if you can afford to you know, have a roster spot dedicated to him. Uh, but, you know, listen, there's a part of the Twins fan base that thinks he's a really good player, and it's hard to justify that view. Uh, if he played every day, his defensive liabilities would uh, would really show up. His yes. lack of power, his lack of willingness to take a walk, all the things that make him fun also make him a liability. But I have to agree, if you are if you just need a third catcher on the roster who can bounce around and pinch hit, he, he would be a nice fit there. Yeah, he would be. Um, and you, you could get away with Williams, you know, a third, I guess, or maybe the second uh, in a pitch. Um, but he'd primarily just be, you know, a hacker coming off the bench and uh, just a safety net as catcher. I can't believe this. This is the guy who once had to play center field in Wrigley uh, because of attrition and people uh, yep. damn near having a heat stroke. It was amazing how much run he got when they first when he first got to the majors. He became like a folk hero, you know, with his crazy hair. I mean, when his helmet flew off when he was running the bases, it looked like his head was on fire just because of that big mop of hair he's got. Um, and people are going to remember his pitching outings, too, you know, um, arguing that he should have a permanent spot in the bullpen. Um, he affected the people in a lot of ways. And um, it was it was a nice chapter in Twins history. It's too bad they can't find another version of Williams, who's maybe a little more defensively sound uh, to, to help them out, especially provide like an emergency catcher. Yep. Hey, it was fun. No doubt about it. Uh, and, you know, I, I felt guilty sometimes. I felt like I had to be the person telling him, well, he's really not a good player. He's a he's a, a fun player in small doses. There's a difference. Uh, speaking of people who uh, who sometimes end up defending and not feeling great about defending, Miguel Sano is not making any contact whatsoever. Do you ride it out? Do you bench him for a while? Uh, what? How do you handle somebody who's swinging this poorly? I, I think you can't totally hit the panic button this early in the season. I think you got you got to ride it out. And Miguel has been for some reason Miguel's gone off to bad starts in the past. This just may be part of his mo. I don't know if it's coming out of the Florida heat and into the cold weather. I mean that's what that was Eddie Rosario's complaint that uh, you know uh, he wasn't that great in cold weather and uh, that affected his production early in the season. Uh, you know, um, but I mean. Sano's had 23 play appearances now. He doesn't have a hit yet. He's walked three times and struck out nine. You know, it's uh, it looks bad, but I think you have to ride it. Especially, he was looking, actually, he was looking rather uh, effective at the play toward the end of camp. I 
Uh, you're gonna fall out of your chair when I when you hear this, but I made my pick to click at the, in the last. Oh, one you ruined season. another career. <laughs> right. Do you have Do you have legal representation? I I think you're gonna need somebody to defend you. No, no, no. Yeah, my picks have not uh, worked out. Sometimes I either it's either a tremendous, it's either a, I, I'm a feast or famine guy. It either works out marvelously or it's absolutely a disaster. You know, I. I picked David Ortiz one year to be uh, picked to click and he didn't even make the team out of spring training. So, uh, uh, but other times I've, you know, I've hit a home run with some of these people. So it's early. I still have trust that Ms. Miguel's going to be an effective hitter and start showing the power that he has. Um, he worked, he worked, he worked his ass off during the off season. He lost about 20 pounds. He looks better. Um, he's got more experience. I mean, this is the year he should really start putting things together. He's 29 for good goodness sake. So maybe he'll, hopefully he'll figure it out here and make me look like a genius. So now he's going to call TSR injury law and file a complaint against you <laughs> yeah. or a restraining order or, or a restraining or, order or something. Or, yes. Or accuse me of libel or I don't know. Something yeah. like that. <laughs> uh, well, it's not libel because it's true. Uh, you know, good Lord. <laughs> I, it, it, here, but here's the thing. I really do think it's cold weather. I, I think the guy works hard. Uh, he doesn't. He's going to strike out a lot, even in good times. I think you pick, try to pick some spots for him. Try to find a matchup where he's going to feel comfortable against a certain pitcher. Start feeling better about himself. Uh, you know, maybe play uh, a rise a little bit while you're kind of uh, getting snow, finding snow, some good matchups. The thing is, we know what's going to happen. He's going to have stretches like this where he just doesn't touch a baseball. And then he'll carry the team for two weeks. And in the end, he'll end up with reasonable OPS, mm-hmm. a lot of home runs, and, you know, doing it at a relatively – I mean, he's going to hit 30 home runs at a relatively reasonable salary, and that's okay. It's just really painful when you see somebody start off and there's nothing to balance the numbers. Yeah, he is a career 218 hitter in April, and that's yep. the lowest batting average of any month. And he's got a career 779 OPS. Uh, in the first month of the season. So the evidence is there that he, he's a slow starter. And of course, his two best months are July and August when it's the hottest. So uh, maybe uh, maybe Snow's going to try to get a move a worker trade to Miami then so he can <laughs> be more consistent. But, trade him for Ostadino. That just solves yeah, all your you problems. Yeah. Yeah, two, yeah, kill two birds with one stone there. So, um, yeah. So... <laughs> I, I when he look when he gets to the play, I think he's going to do damage. I I don't think he's overmatched. I think he's got a chance to hit every time he steps in the box. So let's just see if he can get going here uh, once the weather warms up. Of course, you know we're we're in Minnesota right now. Right now it, it's like it's November outside instead of April. So I mean we're all hurting here because we can't even get the temperature to 55 degrees. Yeah, no doubt. I think just that they need to put a large heat lamp over Target Field uh, and maybe maybe lasers, aim lasers at Snow when he's in the, the batter's box. I'm coming up with very practical solutions for this problem right now. I, I want to, I'm going to, you know, I asked Roy at the beginning of the show uh, what his thoughts were and just in general about his feeling about the team and its start. I'm going to ask LaBelle the same thing. I want to remind you that uh, we are sponsored by Corona, the official import beer sponsor of Minnesota Twins and the presenting sponsor of Chin Music. Thanks to Eleven Wells Distillery in St. Paul. Cool place to hang out. Memorial Blood Center is doing great work. Better Edge for all your sports betting needs. And Perfect Ash for you to go hang out with Lavelle. I highly recommend that as well. Thanks again to our producer, Brandon Morton. So just give me your, your as they head into the weekend here uh, in Fenway, what are your general feelings about this team coming out of spring training and starting the, starting the year? Well, I, I thought the scoring one runs weren't going to be a problem. Um, but, you know, some guys are going off to slow starts. Kirilov's injured. Uh, Sano got off to a slow start. Um, 
We've seen a little bit from our Gio Urshela and a little bit from Gary Sanchez. He's got a grand slam. So they've, they've contributed. Um, Arise has been effective at the plate. And, and I, I agree with Rocco's approach to the lineup. Um, I think he's going to put his three best hitters at the top of the order and say, and say, I mean, make sure these guys get the most of bats because they're my best hitters. And I Buxton Correa and, and uh, Jorge Polanco all have a chance to be uh, 5.0 plus players, 5.0 war players this year, which um, even the Atlanta Braves didn't have that last year. Anyone in the World Series with three players with at least 5.0 war. So I'm all for it. Um, the starting pitching has been a little bit better. You know, Chris Paddock let things get away from him in his first uh, debut, but I can also blame the Twins for that. Um, Chris Paddock's first start uh, for the Twins is against a Dodgers team that knows him well. And the first reliever out of the bullpen was Derek Rodriguez, who pitched for the Giants. And so the Dodgers knew him as well. So I, I was kind of concerned about that, the, the pitching selection uh, for that last game against Los Angeles. But um, um, I'm still thinking they're short in the bullpen. I wish there was another arm there. And definitely now with Alcala on the on the, on the uh, IL, they could use another guy who can shut some people down late in the innings. And I'm I'm for now, I'm I'm happy to see. Uh, Joan Duran as a closer and see if he can run with this job because they can use someone, they can use a force there in the ninth inning. So um, I think they're going to score runs. We're going to see here, you know, the Boston Red Sox this weekend. They have a good lineup. Um, their pitching, their starting rotation is a little flimsy after, you know, one or two guys. So uh, we may see uh, some high scoring games there at Fenway Park. And then the White Sox come to town next week. And Lucas Giolito could be off the IL by then. Uh, they're going to miss Dylan Cease, but they got a couple other guys. Michael Kopech is in the rotation. He's lined up to face the Twins. So we're going to get the chance to see how the Twins stack up against the White Sox here next week, and that should be an interesting series. Good stuff. I think it's going to be a fun year. I'm really intrigued by Duran above all else at the moment. And listen, I think they're going to score runs. I don't think uh, anybody needs to panic over having trouble to hit, hit two really good pitchers from the Dodgers. So, hey, good stuff from Lavelle, as always. Uh, great having Roy on from Fenway. We'll have probably a more uh, routine show next week. We appreciate everybody listening to TalkNorth.com and has helped us grow the way we have. Thanks again to our producer, Brandon Morton. And we'll be back next week. 